So over the past few months, a battle has been brewing over land in Bukarp. It's known as the Kustas, where a group of community members created a sustainable food garden last year. Now, the garden is situated in the Pepper Street cul-de-sac on property that's owned by Darul Fala Study Group. Um, And it's said to be Wakaf land. Now, the Sustainable Bukarp Association, um, they've been accused of occupying the land without permission from the owners okay so last That's month hectic. yeah last month Darufala locked the gates to the property um, and uh, the sustainable book association has been given notice to vacate did they um I believe they did so, or they had done so at the end of December. They didn't have access to that particular land or to water their vegetation or whatever Ah, it was. Um, So now they're seeking an urgent court interdict against several parties, which will be heard, I believe, this Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So Anika Duplessis visited Bukarp yesterday to get the community sentiments, firstly, on this very contentious issue. Take a listen. A handful of residents residing on the perimeter of the controversial Kustas have shared their unhappiness at what they are dubbing a land grab that has caused a riff in the community. At the end of the day, if it is allowed Islamically, for whatever reason the DFSG comes up with or the, the custodians of the land have maybe gotten permission from the ulama and they feel that it is maybe allowed under certain conditions you know maybe they can't grow into the land maybe they must stay in the tires whatever that probably wouldn't be a problem however we don't feel that we can trust the people who are involved if they do come and set up a garden there must be other people in charge too many lies have gone too much slander misrepresentation. An anonymous neighbor says the way in which the Wakaf land was acquired by the Sustainable Boerkap Association goes against Islamic law. The inn does not justify the means and the means by which the sustainable group has gone about it is incorrect and un-Islamic. They did not get permission from the custodians. They created a need during lockdown, which was not there because there was a thriving sustainable garden already as well as a soup kitchen. There were also food parcels being given. So the need that she created, the urgency by which she started it was not there. And she unfortunately misconstrued the Wakaf, telling the people that Wakaf is for the community. While it is for the community, there are rules which she did not provide those elderly ladies who were actually within her group. And she did not tell them that the, this specific Wakaf is for a learning institution. She made them believe that they could do anything on it. The way they've gone about it is incorrect. We've never been against the garden at all. We just always opposed the way she went about it because she refused to wait for the permission. And we felt that it was our duty to protect the the tenants of Waka. However, a concerned resident says the issue has brought to light the importance of understanding the term Wakaf. I would think, you know, generally people might not understand the concept of Wakaf. Because uh, people view Wakaf as they look at the mas- a masjid, 
belongs to everyone. But you know, there's 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 certainly different criteria for wakafs. You know, and for particular this particular property is specifically been made wakaf for Islamic institution. And, and I think that's why it's 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 so important for for at least the MJC, who is the you know at least the authority in the Western Cape for where the Muslim affairs are concerned, to to give that fatwa whether they can have a garden on this property because the endowment is very specific. So those are the type of things, and I think it's important you know that people get educated about wakaf and the different criteria of wakaf and what can happen on a wakaf. Uh, I think that was a good thing about it, that there's at least uh, there is some awareness regarding this important concept of, of wakaf. The resident explains why the land has not been used for its intended purpose of an Islamic institution as specified by the initial landowners. It was essentially based on, 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 on funding in the beginning, but then the Turkish organization that, that got involved and they've essentially taken over this project as project managers and also funding the project. So it has been stalled, uh, I think now for a good couple of years, I think about eight years now, by the city of Cape Town. And also some of the neighbors on Lion Street um, have objected essentially to the view as the building was, I think, uh, was going to be at least two stories uh, above Lion Street. So now they scaled it down. So it's basically in line with that, you know, as a single story from Lion Street. So, and I, I think, you know, Alhamdulillah, there, there has been some momentum. And um, the last I heard that the plans are at least at this final stage now, uh, the city of Cape Town. So, inshallah, we're hoping, you know, that, that, it, that, that it gets approved. Um, I mean, it, there was a lot of stumbling blocks in the beginning. But yeah, so that, that was, that has been the, the gist of it now for over the years. It's been mainly been stalled, um, objections and things like that. And I think at the beginning, um, people weren't aware, man. They wouldn't know what was going to happen here. And then one or two neighbors in Lion Street actually just wrote a generic objection and had everybody signed it. And there were a lot of things that, yes, it's going to be a multi-story and nobody really knew what was going on. Until the, the sheikh himself, um, at the time was Sheikh Jamaluddin, he came and then they went to from door to door and explaining what the UCIT is about. The project is going to be, it's going to be Islamic institution. And then people started seeing the bigger picture. And then most, and then actually, all of them, and Bryan Street, uh, all the all the adjacent neighbours, they withdraw the objection. An anonymous neighbour explains that if the association is not stopped, it could lead to the land falling into the wrong hands. And we had a meeting with the civic yesterday, and it was agreed that they will move. Uh, we can still negotiate uh, how long it's going to take them to move, but the civic also agreed they must move, and uh, and that's it. They must move, and they must withdraw all these charges. And uh, if they don't want to do that, we leave them in our sense. But we, they cannot build a garden. And the huge risk here is the risk of this land falling into non-Muslim hands. It would set a precedent where any wakaf property can be illegally occupied. And the, it's not protected by the South African law. So our scholars, our scholars need to up, they need to step up. The MCC needs to come forward and state that this garden is haram. It's illegally occupied. Even if it takes another 50 years to build a madrasa, but a madrasa needs to be built, and that is for the benefit of the community. That is all that we are interested in. And we cannot stand idly and see the Sharia being violated here.
For VOC News, I am Anika Duplessis. Well, there you have it. And, uh, of course, uh, the, uh, we just extended an invitation to both Darul Fala and uh, the Sustainable Book Up Association. So, Book, um, you know, and to engage with us regarding the issue. Uh, Darul Fala cited that the that these leading um, proceedings underway. Suraya Bully, however, the founder of the Sustainable Book Up, agreed to chat to us this morning. But I want to just also make mention, you know, of uh, the statement that is dated on the 6th of January. And a quote from Darul Fala study group it says it is untrue that the land has been abandoned and a paper trail exists as evidence of the progress made towards this objective over the years showing various expenses incurred including architectural fees and correspondence showing our engagements with the city of Cape Town as well as the neighboring properties that's just one of the extracts from um, the statement that was released on the 6th of January 2021 so they from sustainable book up assalamualaikum shukran so much for your time this morning on breakfast 91.3 FM let's get straight into it did you occupy this land without seeking permission from the registered owners? Wa alaikum salam. Shukran for having us on. Uh, no, that is not the case at all. And just to rectify, I mean, there is no land grab, uh, you know, um, that our vegetables, our carrots, our beetroots and eggplants are doing a land grab is quite unfathomable. And I don't think it's, uh, you know... Um, that is consistent with Islamic uh, or Sharia. Okay, we're not, we're not uh, Sharia experts, uh, Suraya. I'm asking, did you occupy the land without the permission of the persons that are claiming that they are the owners of the land, like the Darul Fala study group? Did you get permission from them? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, uh, there is someone called um, Antikubra Naja who uh, states that she, she claims that she is a trustee of uh, the Darul Fala study group. And we met with a delegation of the Buka, met with her, and she applauded our attempts and gave us absolute consent. Uh, as long as we planted in uh, the tires, our, our garden is mobile and that we can move when uh, the first brick is ready to be laid. Uh, so we did have consent. Okay, so you said it was Kubra Najar. That's and uh, is there any is there any written confirmation? Because usually when people occupy space or they, or they occupy land, mm. there would be some sort of written um, confirmation, right? Whether it was on an email thread, one liner, a WhatsApp message, whatever the case might be. Is there any proof that you can, um, you know, substantiate that claim? Um, there were a couple of people with me at the meeting, um, and they uh, are well-respected people. Um, in our community and uh, you know they were there at the meeting so there wasn't um, any paper trail so there wasn't any paper trail you you, you um, they, um, not in that respect but they did also propose a lease to the civic um, organization we do have a, a copy of the proposed lease as well um, as we were negotiating about the use of the land Okay, let's talk about your, your, your understanding about the use of the land because uh, from what I understand and what has been presented to me um, and, and you know, if any of these things are true then we're going we're gonna to have to have a much deeper discussion into this so tell me quickly, what's your understanding about the use of this land and the meaning of Wakaf just, just so that I can understand where you are coming from as well because um, you know, my, I've, I've got limited understanding with regards to this you know, Wakaf must be used for its intended purpose so explain to me what's your understanding um, well, uh, this land is to be used for worker's purpose, being helping the needy, the poor, and promoting um, education with the intention of my uncle, Sheikh Bouli, for it to be a madrasa. And, um, you know, it certainly um, is being used as a madrasa at the moment in that we have a ladies' madrasa there, 
uh, once a week. And we're also teaching people how to feed themselves um, through permaculture and organic gardening courses. And thus far, we've already trained about uh, 50 people in our community of how to uh, grow gardens at home. And this is all to mitigate the economic impact of the uh, of the lockdowns, which has really impacted our community in terms of the income. Um, and it's certainly not intended to be a blight on our community or a source of criminal and haram activities. Um, and it's not meant to be a rubble dump or to lie fallow. I don't see why the land has to be locked away or used for haram activities, whereas we have wakaf land and why we can't hold a madrasa. Um, as our senior ladies in the area came together, they cleared the rubble dump and got rid of uh, <coughs> got rid of all the rubble then, cleared in two weeks, set together some tires and are holding a madrasa. I mean, this land has been like this for 50 years. Um, You know, the only people who've had beneficial use of it have been drug addicts and criminals. And, um, you know, we don't think that that is um, a walk of land should be used in that way. I don't see why it's wrong for us to restore um, the dignity of our Wakaf land. I don't think there's a problem either with having to restore, you know, the dignity of Wakaf land, quote unquote, uh, Suraya. Um, so thus far, we've established that you have had a meeting, um, according to you, with representatives of the Darul Fala study group. Um, the, there's no paperwork in place. We've got that there. We also understand that uh, what your purpose is and what your understanding is with regards to Wakaf. Now, let's try and move now forward, right? So once these issues started raising its heads, have you engaged with the Darul to come to a compromise and then to document whatever agreement or compromise that you have now sort of reached and document that. Have you done that? Um, yes, we um, actually, the Civic tried to mediate the process. And no, the Civic did mediate the process. They did mediate yeah. the process, but there wasn't a resolution. We'll get to the Civic in a minute. I'm asking whether or not after this, after this thing is raised, he said, come last year, November, December, up until now, did you engage the Falah study group before, at like the end of the statement says, this thing is now, uh, they've, both parties have been seeking legal advice. Now, before we get to that part, I'm asking, did you engage them even before that? Um, absolutely. Uh, we've been open to speaking with anyone who claims to have an interest in the land. Um, but they are now refusing to engage with us in a respectful manner or at all. I have tried They don't have an interest in the land, Suraya. They don't have an interest in the land. According to the paperwork that they've um, presented to us, is that they hold ownership of the property in trust. Um, my, um, we, well, uh, just to, to finish off there, we, we've tried to actually phone, um, I've tried to phone Antikubra Najah again. Uh, to ask her why they are doing this now, whereas we had an agreement and, uh, you know, that we could use the land. And, I mean, she's basically just slammed down the phone, has been unwilling to speak to me. I've also tried did to cross your mind? Um, did, it, did it cross your mind that perhaps she wasn't authorized to give you permission? If something is in a trust, my goodness, the Mowbray Magbara is sitting on a trust. Yeah. They can't even make a decision on their own with regards to amending times. That is what I'm trying to, I'm just trying to understand, Suraya, where did things go south? Because if you're mentioning Kubra Najjar, in fact, if you um, can, I'd like you to send me her number um, on my WhatsApp line in studio so that we can get some, somebody from the Darul Fala study group because clearly you're saying that you have acted in good faith and that you've had confirmation for you to use the land. So what I'm saying is, 
have you even beyond kubra najar even message kubra najar and say to her if you can't speak to me please then give me another person to do so the book up community is a beautiful niche community to have issues like this in the community that cannot be resolved so the, so again i'm asking did you other than najar did you speak to anybody else Um yes I did um and I did send you the number I sent a message to your producer last night um after they asked me to come on to say that it's critical that the Darussalam study group uh, the people who claim to represent them that they are here and I did send the numbers to you uh, currently there are three people who are claiming to be the trustees uh, Kubra Najah her husband Omar Najah as well as someone called Ibrahim Sakudia uh Sakadia none of uh, these people who are well known by our community and certainly um you know I've, I've never personally uh, met uh, Ibrahim Sakadia um and I did phone him as well because uh, I understand that um Omar Najais is not well so I tried to contact Ibrahim Sakadia as well but similarly he wasn't interested in speaking to me and simply uh, banged down the phone on me as well Okay so now you're heading to court Um yes um we've been um by the um in in December we got a notice from the uh the Darufala study group to vacate the premises um on the by the 18th of December and on the 23rd of December when we arrived at our garden to harvest the food to do our gardening and to hold our madrasa we found that um both the gates had now been locked and so we are applying to the court for an urgent foliation order to restore our access to the garden okay and uh, what has happened to the garden in the interim um the garden has been unwatered other than by the rain that has fallen and we have made desperate attempts to throw water down from the top um like the line street side that um oversees the garden but without much success Uh, a garden at the moment is wilting in the sun at the risk of dying entirely if the gates are not reopened as a matter of urgency and our community needs the food from there uh, we are mainly constituted of elderly women in our community who uh, don't have much income and so they are desperately pleading for the gates to be opened um they we've also even held a picket um you know but that has not Uh, resulted in the gates being opened. Mm. I refer again to the um, statement um, dated on the 6th of January 2021 is that the Darul Fala study group uh, also known as the DFSG it was formed with the sole purpose of purchasing land for the building and establishment of an Islamic educational institution to be used for the benefit of all Muslim persons in Cape Town. With that said and it carries on on page 2 of that statement It says that there's been numerous complaints, you know, since uh, October or so last year. That is, um, to mention a few, choreographed dance sessions in the roads, the playing of loud music early in the morning, interference with neighbourhood children playing in the, uh, at the site, and the hosting of markets where traders subsequently celebrated their substantial profits within the uh, community. So, um, uh, your comment on that? Um most of that is completely untrue. Um you know we don't have regular choreographed dancing there. We try to um do a uh um this the Jerusalem for the community at one point and outside of the uh, Kustas there's um a community space 
where uh, ladies were just practicing about uh, two times and choreographed the uh, Jerusalem dance. And, on um, walk of land? The choreograph- no, no. The not chore- on the walk of land, no. No, okay. It I tell you what. On, it I, was in the street, yes. Okay, um, but still outside the premises that people can associate it with. It's not a problem. Give me a second. Hold on the line for me, Surya. I'm going to go for some news quickly. In conversation, and we're talking about the Bukup Sustainable Food Garden that's heading to court now. And um, we uh, are speaking to Suraya Bully, and uh, she, uh, uh, Suraya, um, Shukran for holding up for us there for a second. Um, uh, I'm going to have to wrap up with you before bringing our next guest um, on to also share comment with regards to this. You were saying said that you you, you guys now are heading to court. Um, uh, just before the break, you were giving us reasons. Do you mind continuing? Um, yes, I mean, you know, our community needs access to the food that we're growing there. Our, our, our plants need water so our community can eat um, the food growing there. Um, I think also the other thing that we need to consider is that it's not just the people around living around the garden who uh, must be the sole beneficiaries of the garden, but the entire Burkow community, which is made up of over 6,000 people. Um, you know, when you have a handful of people, that, mind you, most of those people being the very same people who opposed the building of the madrasa when it was uh, meant to be built a few years ago. Mm, mm. Um, so, you know, how do you allow your walk up land to be held ransom under circumstances like those? Understood. And why would we allow, um, I think it's unfathomable and incorrect for us to allow crime to be perpetrated against our community or our walk of land to be disrespected in this manner for so many decades. Um, going on 50 years um, under the circumstances when you have the worst pandemic in 100 years where our people actually don't have even our food to eat these days. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, Suraya Bully. All of the very best, inshallah. And I really pray that, you know, that there can be some sort of compromise and consensus reached between the parties before this even having to get into to, to the courts or so, inshallah. Um, uh, we, we usually know to... to to do things differently. So all of the very best to you and your team, inshallah. I want to get into a message, Sabira, before we um, move into our next guest. Uh, it just says that uh, the garden never bloomed since they started, as it was started by lies and deceit. It, co- it comes from a comment from 0715. So let's perhaps unpack the story a bit further. And as we alluded to a little earlier on, Darfala has cited that there are legal proceedings, um, so they won't be coming on air. But we want to unpack the story further. And I do believe Mr. Osman Shabuddin, the chairperson of the Bukab Civic and Ratepayers Association, joins us online now. Assalamu alaikum. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Mr. Shabuddin, Assalamu alaikum. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. How are you doing? Okay, it seems at this point in time we suddenly have problems with the lines. Um, but like I mentioned, we were going to be speaking with Mr. Osman Shabuddin, as you know. They were sort of the 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 party that tried to mediate um, some conversation between um, Subuka as well as the Darufala study group, and it is a pretty contentious issue with regards to you know this particular piece of land that is Wakaf land, it's said to be Wakaf land, and was meant for a madrasa to be built on this land. However, due to financial constraints and many factors that have changed over the years um, on the side and yeah on the side of the Darufala study group. 
um, that has not yet been achieved. So, of course, we wanted further background with regards to the ownership of the land, um, as well as the objective, you know, and what exactly is its purpose. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of what was going on at uh, over the past few months, um, uh, the land was being used as a sustainable food garden for the community. However, there's been a bit of a, a division uh, that has happened within the community, some that are for it, some that are against it, etc. So this morning, we're trying to flesh all of that out. Um, but I do believe we do have Mr. Osman Shabuddin back with us. Salaamu alaikum. Good morning and welcome. Wa alaikum salam. Very glad to be back, Sharon. All right. So, Mr. Shalvadin, of course, you know, this issue divided the community, perhaps giving us some background. Who owns the land and what exactly is the objective and its purpose? Well, put it this way. The, the land is, like we quite clearly state in our report, we do not deny the fact or question the ownership of the land. We know for a fact that that land belo- not belongs to any person, but the trust. And the trust is the Darul Falah study group. Orga, uh, established by Serpoli in 1970-something, I would say. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's no question about that. Okay. So let's f- fast forward to roundabout this time, end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, I mean, you know, Sabuko, they're saying that the land has deteriorated over the past 40 years. In your opinion, is this the case? And, you know, why has no development ever carried out? Well, put it this way, as, as my tenure as chairperson, also the activists in our community, we always had a challenge with that piece of land, both from a rates point of view, because that, that land still pays city council rates, because it is registered as a club, as a private club, rather than an NPO. So it's quite dated, uh, the structure itself, you know, and it attracts a rate from the city council. And each time the rates cannot be paid, they scramble around trying to find people to pay it and things like that. And that happened over a period of time. Mm. I think the the other thing too, that we must be quite honest here, it's only the first time that there's a fence on the on the property. So the property was over the years, people could walk through the property, do whatever they wanted to do on the property and whatever the case may be. So there was definitely a need for the for the for the objective of the land to be fulfilled. Okay. Let's understand, you know, since nothing has been going on in this land, like like has been cited, you know, in, in the statement by the Darul group, over the years, you know, positions have changed, circumstances have changed, financial constraints, etc. So they haven't been able to actualize um, this land for the purpose that it was meant for. So, you know, was this land barren? You know, Surya has mentioned, you know, that it was sort of attracting, um, you know, druggies, etc., for lack of a better term or words. Um, what exactly was the status of this land with regards to all of this and why not have something like uh, a project like the sustainable food garden to sort of keep all of this at bay well put it this way initially when when we first heard about the sustainable food garden from a civic point of view we actually supported the idea you know because there's always an, a good idea for growing vegetables particularly in the lockdown and the COVID situation that we just we're still in but I think the challenge comes in the sense of legalities. You know, where, where we found out later that the, not only the dialogue for love, but also the people that wanted to build on the, on the piece of ground, the UICT, which is a Turkish organization, that 
they did not give permission for the Guardi, and that is where we got involved. And I say we, the Civic then nominated a task team. And the task team was not only our Civic members, but normally our people within the community to investigate it. And, and we brought out a fully-fledged report. And the challenge that we found is that there's a number of challenges that you have these personalities on the one side, but you have to take that aside and ask yourself, what is the objective why we were doing it in the first place? And the objective is very, very simple. You found this group of women that planted things on the ground. We then found, uh, made quite clear that they have to move because it creates conflict. And the what, sort of, what, is, what sort of conflict are we speaking about? Well, uh, co- conflict with, 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 with the owners, and the owners, I would say, the trust. Conflict with the builders, the people that want to develop it, and conflict with the neighbors in the, in the surrounding area. So you had definitely con- conflict being uh, generated here. And I think that is what we not, did not want. In the sense of anything that creates such conflict, it's not worth it. There is other places in Boerkamp that gardens can be grown. There is other, other gardens in Boerkamp. And the challenge that you're sitting with is we need to find peace and end the conflict. And I think that was the objective. Mr. Abney, not, mm. not to take any sides or telling each other, you know, you're right and you're wrong and you're not this and not that. All right. Let's hold that thoughts and we're going to be heading out for a quick ad break. When we get back, we continue with the conversation. So 7.45 is where we're at this morning. For the better part of the morning, we've been speaking about the battle that's been brewing over the land in Bukop, known as the Kustas, where a group of community members created a sustainable food garden last year. Of course, that is the matter of contention um, this morning. We do have online the chairperson of the Bukop Civic and Rate Players Association, Mr. Osman Shambadin, as well as a sustainable Bukop Surya Buli is still online with us as well. Mr. Shambadin, if we could ask, you know, a little earlier on you, alluded to the report um, you know that was founded by the civic in terms of the civic trying to mediate on this matter mm-hmm. clearly it was yes. not successful if this is going to be heading to courts absolutely and this is what we were trying to avoid within the report we are we clearly stated we don't want to get into a legal so this thing to become a legal situation and that is why we try to intervene and I think that is where we are at. We, we definitely don't support a court case of this nature. You know, for all parties at this moment in time, you know, is everyone's hands now tied? And do you think this matter best plays out now, um, you know, at courts, even though you're saying, you know, you don't feel it's the best, but, but what other route or method to go forward? Uh, I'm, I'm a born optimist to a point, each other that, that, you know, at the 11th hour, we can still mm. make a deal in the sense of, one, unlock the gates, let these people water their garden as, as it is, because there is plants inside. And secondly, give them a negotiated time to exit. And then also look at all types of things that went wrong in order to create such a conflict so that we can learn from such a thing. And the question is, what is going on? The Kustas, we know it's earmarked for a madrasa or something like that. But it needs to have to go through a public process 
in the sense of what type of matrissa, who runs it, what is it all about, and things like that. So let that thing still go forward. And, 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 and let it, but the main important thing is, is peace. We need to end the noise and we need to end the conflict. Hmm. And I think that is the most important thing here. It's not about personal egos or about anything else. If, if something like this happens in a small community like Poor Cup, everybody loses. And, and, and this is why the civic is so concerned. And, and we are concerned about a conflict like this do not end when the first plant is, not, is, is harvested. It it's, it it's sometimes keeps on for generations. And I think we need to stop it now. And we will try to, from a civic side, we already engage a number of uh, role players in trying to find a solution before tomorrow, inshallah. All right. Well, Mr. Shabuddin, wish you all of the best with that. I do know Surya is still online. So, Surya, you've got the next 20 seconds. Any final comments from yourself? Hello, am I still there? Yes, go ahead. You have 20 seconds. You'll find your closing comments. Um, yes, I mean, inshallah, you know, maybe find the solution, may the gates be open so that we can, um, you know, access the garden, water our plants and for the community to eat our food. And I mean, you know, we never intended for any community conflict to be generated from this, but rather for our community to be brought closer and for people to have help during the pandemic, which has been devastating on our community. All right, we'll leave it that for this morning. Surya Bouli, Sustainable Bukap, as well as uh, Osman Shabadin, the chairperson of the Bukap Civic and Race Pairs Association.